Hey, welcome back to The Substance. We want to give a special welcome to everyone who joined us for a conversation with Bradley Mason last week, and especially to you if you are listening for the first time. Welcome to the show. This week, we have something a bit different. Back at the beginning of the year, Philip, Vincent, and myself were invited to go on the Two Things podcast, uh, the Two Things You Shouldn't Talk About, which is religion and politics, hosted by Josh Murtaugh. He was a great host. He had us talking about the backstory for our show, our plans for the year, and of course, how faith and politics relate. So we really enjoyed this conversation. We were excited to share it with you guys. If you're on YouTube, you can check out his original episode also where we're on camera. Check out the link in the description for that. And otherwise, enjoy this episode of the Two Things Podcast featuring the Substance Team. Welcome to this week's episode of the Two Things You Shouldn't Talk About podcast. Um, I'm joined this week by three special guests, which I think is a, a record for our podcast. So how about we start off by kind of just going around you guys and you can tell us a little bit about yourselves and uh, even a little bit about how you guys kind of met up and started this whole podcast that you eventually been working towards. So... As uh, Josh said, I'm Trevor, kind of a Bible nerd, so grew up in the church, uh, grew up knowing this guy. Me and Philip went, uh, we go way back. uh, All the way back. Nursery together, don't remember meeting each other. Yeah, we decided to start the podcast just to, um, because we were having lots of good conversations, and it was kind of like we were wanting something in the Christian podcast world where it was... Not because there's a lot of really good Christian content out there that is of the sermon variety or is of the theologians and professors talking theology and that kind of thing. And that's great stuff. Um, But we wanted to see also uh, some cultural engagement, some Mm. topics of the day, some some like how to how do Christians navigate almost like almost sometimes we think about it as like the Sunday school you wish you could go to, but your pastor would never do. Yeah. This is one of the the interesting things that I've kind of picked up on about you guys. It's It's kind of like a unique selling point in the way that you discuss these, you know, more broad cultural things like movies and uh, like I think you've done TV series, people like Jordan Peterson, all that stuff is not necessarily like just biblical or theological stuff, but it's, you know, all about stuff that's big in culture at the minute. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. Yeah, like high theology. Things that matter. Yeah. So I'll jump in here real quick um, before Trevor says. So our... I'm done. You can take our uh, tagline or whatever when we first started because we're super independent. Mm. Uh, super grateful for everybody who sends us a couple bucks here and there. Dollar sign substance pod on Cash App. <laughs> Throw that out there. Um, <laughs> you can tell who's in charge of marketing. We're super independent. Like I have, we've gotten a little bit of stuff here and there, mm-hmm. but we're we're keeping it super independent. So we're doing stuff kind of on the fly. We're learning a ton. We're only like twenty six or twenty seven, twenty eight episodes in. Yep um as of the recording today here um so like when we first started our tagline was like faith culture and theology mm-hmm. kind of hitting that other part and because yeah like we we care very much about the bible we care very much about trying to be as correct as we can be mm-hmm. but um not that that's the only important thing but yeah like high theology is not the only important thing so recently right. trevor um is like hey like let's look at that and i was like fine like we're we're not 
nothing is cemented other than we care about the truth eternally and of the truths of this world. So uh, recently Trevor suggested we change it to biblical, thoughtful, and human. Yeah. And I think that works a lot better for mm-hmm. us because we do very much care about what's going on in the church locally here. We're in, we're in the U.S. We care very much about things that matter to us. We care very much about culture and the arts, like works of literature and film, yeah. right. music, things like That's that. That's why it's like, called the humanities, right? Yeah, like, it's yeah. not just all Bible all the time, because, yeah, there are a lot of good, essentially, preaching podcasts, but we wanted to care about the theology, but also about care about real stuff. Yep. Yeah, do you guys look at these kind of cultural things, like even the movies and stuff from a... A biblical theological lens almost or is it more just on a kind of lighthearted, you know do you like this movie what do you think of it way you know what what's the balance between kind of bringing the religion side of things you into the, the sure Trev, what do you think well i think it's both like the lighthearted stuff is fun and it matters right god created yeah. that too um and especially if you're going to listen to a podcast if you're going to listen yeah. to us talk yeah i mean we we have a, we, a right? growing small audience or a small growing audience, mm-hmm. rather. Um, and <laughs> like, smaller yeah, audience. Yeah, we have a small audience that is growing. <laughs> but it's, They're breaking down for, the I mean, graphics now on your platform. <laughs> we, I was looking at, like, I check charts pretty regularly. Like, our audience is growing. I am I am massively proud of what we've done with No Money and Being Three Dudes. Yeah. Like, who don't have famous names. But, like, yeah. um, people come to listen to us at a certain point. Like, we have to have... Things to say that matter, that are are somewhat astute observations. If we're looking at arts, like we can't just be saying ridiculous things. But at the same time, like we're not trying to like Jesus juke um, popular films right. and be like, oh, like what does this say about redemption yeah. or what does this say about substitutionary yeah. atonement? Who's like, the Jesus figure? Yeah, in we're, this you're movie. not gonna find yeah. that on the substance, but you are gonna find that, like. Uh, what if we uh, we just did Little Women? Mm-hmm. That was our most recent one. We did that for a holiday episode uh, earlier in December. Yeah. So we're like, okay, what does this say about culture and the opportunities of women in culture? What does this say about um, aspirations of youth and then the reality of adulthood? Like things that matter and are true, not just how can I shove like a Bible point into a popular. Have you guys film? done the shack yet? That. <laughs> the takedown episode we'll see we're called the substance so we try to stick to substantive oh. things <laughs> yeah my wife jab, my, jab. my wife's <laughs> storm upstairs here and come and get you if she hears you bob my thing the shack. Um, and that could be a patreon exclusive maybe uh, one day yeah, where we <laughs> ring set up going to that. Hey, we, we try sure. to keep an open mind on stuff too i mean we do like, very much if listeners i think one of the things that we want is is well like listeners to interact because some things we will do because it's like hey this is the angle like this is why this mattered to me this is why this was important to well, me well that's movie wise that's why we did black panther the listeners chose that one yeah right. absolutely they saved us from doing inception thank you <laughs> yeah uh, so far yeah i like inception but um it's one of those ones that's hey. not really like it's not an easy one to, to kind of sit down and explain like i mean if you want to know one that's even worse have you seen tenet yet yeah, yeah this guy of course yeah, yeah it's like another level of difficult to explain compared to but like there's a there's a difference between an artist has an interesting thing to say which has value and an artist has an interesting thing to say that also like really does have meaning mm-hmm. um yeah yeah so we, we try to and we we've done a couple that have had explicitly like 
Christian and faith themes like oh, yeah. First, First Reformed, Reformed and Hidden Life and yeah. stuff like that. But you're, we're also not just doing that either. We do popular films who did Interstellar, another mm-hmm. Chris Nolan movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we and it's not just a movie podcast either. But I'm I'm a big movie fan. Movies are one of the like premier arts yeah. of our culture and our time. Like we we've done old books. We're yeah. going to do probably plenty of old books. The more we go oh, on yeah. and some current books as well. We got a, a children's book that right. I'm super excited to talk about <laughs> coming up next year. But like, we want to talk about things that matter and have value mm-hmm. and also hopefully try to highlight some stuff for our listeners. Yeah. Maybe that they hadn't heard about before. Yeah. Absolutely. Before we get too far in, we have yet to introduce Vincent as well. To say when the two become three, when did this kind of YouTube? Yeah. YouTube but... So, so I um so I grew up in Kansas City, um Kansas City, Missouri, and long story short, I met Trevor first um at at a local church that we were going to and we kind of hit it off pretty like yeah pretty quickly. Um we were talking a lot about apologetics and um just related on a lot of deep thinking, analytical, biblical mm-hmm. things. And uh kind of like what Trevor was saying, our the conversations were definitely like different and pretty deep. Um I have a blog that I write for that we started really engaging as far mm-hmm. as content. Um, and then, um, I was at one day, I think we were just kind of chilling at Trevor's place and I was like, man, you guys should, you guys should have a yeah. podcast. This, the, <laughs> the, like, the thing, like the, the depth of conversation that we're having and, and, and I would even say the value and difference that is kind of, yeah, exactly. And so basically I was just like, you guys should do a podcast. And then Trevor was like, funny story. We have a podcast. <laughs> and so just through over time and, and then Philip and I also went to um, the same local church and just got acquainted mm. and, and kind of just from that really started to discuss things with each other. And then an opportunity came up where the podcast could kind of um, come mm. back. And so then they were like, Hey, what do you want to be involved? And I was like, for sure. And it kind of just went from there. And it's, it's been a very enjoyable and humbling experience for sure. And I'm just excited for, for what we've done and, and where it's going. It's, it's pretty awesome. When we were talking about relaunching, it was kind of perfect that Vincent was there and was interested and already Mm -hmm. like our conversations with Vince were excellent. Like if you listen to the show, he, his input is excellent, but like the three of us are probably like all, we're so very different. It's, it's exactly what you would want. If I was, if I had an actual budget and was programming a show, I'd be like, let's get different, intelligent, well-spoken people that have different personality types or points of view. Um, yeah, life experiences, Mm. personal interests, and like we are kind of, yeah, a perfect three-man cast, I would say, on that so, end. Do you guys ever get into, like, pretty heated discussions, you know, being from different backgrounds, different points of views? Is it ever, like, you know, almost like you know, argument discussion? We got to do a heated like, discussion good, on uh, the origin of the word stand. <laughs> that was so stupid. So Trevor and I, like you said, we've known each other our whole lives. Like, Trevor and I, we don't get mad at each other, but there are some things that, like, we're just not going to agree on, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, like, give me uh, like the prestige is what's the specific <laughs> disagreement areas? <laughs> I mean, a lot of it is silly pop culture or like inside yeah, jokes, mostly stuff silly over the time. pop culture yeah. things. But I mean, Nicki like, Minaj I wouldn't, 
<laughs> no, that was dumb. Did you? That was we didn't put any of that in the episode, right? Talking, you about? Were talking about your no, stand nonsense theory. That was all after. Um, yeah, we we our podcast is pretty produced for being so independent. Like Trevor edits it; it's pretty mm-hmm. tight. Um, if you listen oh, yeah. all the way to the end, a lot of times there's like goofs and stuff of stuff that was silly and we didn't make the show. But I mean, I would say there's no major like disagreements that matter mm-hmm. between us. I think the yeah. one disagreement, not even necessarily disagreement, just landing differently. Uh, we had an episode on the Enneagram. Right. Yep. Um, and coming into mm. that episode, I was very anti Enneagram. <laughs> uh, my my views <laughs> are possibly changing well, to a degree. I was I was actually I was going to bring <laughs> that up because I saw that kind of was just kind of flicking through some of the topics that you've you've covered, and the Enneagram is an interesting one because. It's like, for me, it was always like, well, I, I guess I didn't really see any issue with it. You know, I, I thought people may be obsessed about it, like a little too much. Like it was basically becoming like, sure. know, yeah, it was like the next sure. book of the Bible. Is that, was it Richard Rohr book <laughs> of the Enneagram? So um, uh, it's sure. like, I didn't really have any negative views, but then like, I've seen some people even on Instagram being like, no, this is like heathen practices, like pagan spiritualist kind of stuff. So I don't know. Then I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't know anything about all this stuff. So like, we only had to sacrifice one goat before we started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, like basically like a dream capture or something like or like pentagrams and things. People were like just making it out to be all this kind of stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'm not really qualified because I, I've never, I haven't even read the book. I've just heard people being like, hmm, you're a five with a sex wing, I think. <laughs> yeah no it was a and it was a good conversation i mean we we actually in the episode we dive into all that stuff because because vince uh does some homework on that for sure it was a conversation it wasn't just an enneagram commercial oh yeah 100 percent. and like i'm i'm very much i I think where we landed in that episode as well i'm i'm very proud of where we came to because ultimately it was about exercising caution but also not like wholesale throwing things out and making bad illogical associations Mm. um that aren't warranted and which is the thing that we have to do with a lot of topics because of the conservative background we have but i think it is important like whenever you lean into something like that like yeah there are a lot of progressive christian voices and so you might read you know not everything richard Rohr says is awful uh he says things that are helpful Mm -hmm. um but he also says things that are heretical and so you have to know the difference right. and you have to uh, know when to hew to the Bible and when he's hewing to something that is also true in the Bible and when he's not. Mm. And I think that it's there as if is you a, have to actively exercise discernment. That's yeah. true. And, you know, people are at yeah. different stages of that in their walk. And that's why it's so important. We emphasize this throughout the show. It's so important for people to be connected to their local church, connected right. to their pastors and yeah. their discipleship. Because if some, if your discipleship is somebody who you're watching on a YouTube video or on a podcast online, mm-hmm. then like you're already in a weak spot right. spiritually. Those things are great to enjoy, and I, I hope they do. I hope they enjoy your your YouTube. I hope Subscribe they enjoy the, 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 the substance. But um, I think I hope they prioritize first of all their local church and the relationships there. Yeah, and I think one thing that um, Philip even often presses in almost every episode, or just as a common theme, is con- living consistently. And and I think that's another thing that came out of that particular conversation was just live. Mm consistently because it's really easy to get into a kind of camp and then right. just you know anathematize every single mm-hmm. thing 
that seems to be new ag or pagan yep. or have that one or two or three popular guys who speak you know ill of it or it's like oh well they don't believe you know in the trinity so you can't believe mm-hmm. anything that they say um and so it's just uh, i think coming away from that as well was even an encouragement to me to to live see see how i can live in mm-hmm. discernment and then live consistently as well yeah well i think people are naturally cautious because you don't you don't want to recommend things to people that you know might have like something that could trip them up you know that's kind of where I feel like a lot of people, even with the Enneagram that I've seen disagreeing with, it, are people that say, for example, you know, I can't stand Bethel. I think they're a heretical church, things like that. You know, they tend to dismiss it all because they feel like there's some elements that might trip you up. You know, if Bethel are doing like, was the fire tunnels they do and those kind of things, you know, some people disagree with all that stuff. Yeah. Um, you raised your eyebrows there as if you hadn't heard of it. I don't know about fire but tunnels, but it's, it sounds like something that people on the internet yeah. would have strong opinions. Yeah, is that like at the beginning of football games, or they, they, they found a way to do that in church? You would be surprised at how similar it actually is to that. It's like, you know... <laughs> yeah, it, it actually is. That's that's a little bit of something I did, yeah. I have done some research on, so... I, yeah, I'm, I'm I've done fire tunnels before. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's... No, no, I haven't done it. I've just, That's how I go to work every yeah, evening, I mean... There's not only fire tunnels, my fire there's, tunnel, there's also honey. honey barrels, I believe, as well, is another thing, but... The fire tunnel mm-hmm. concept, that's <laughs> literally, the fire tunnel is where I believe people stand on either side of you, like a tunnel, and you kind of zoom through it to kind of receive more of the Holy Spirit as you go through, and they're like kind of, it's like laying hands, oh. but like projecting hands upon you as you zoom oh, yeah. through It's like amplification. Yeah, so it's... You know, and just like an Acts 29. It's like, it's, well, the only thing, I, I can't even <laughs> think of something similar, but I'm trying to think of like, it's like, almost, it reminds me of like a... You know, like a guard of honor, people might do some like football matches and stuff with like clapping your under your opponents come on and that kind of thing. But it's like it's like supercharged, Holy Spirit filled encouragement. But like that, and then that's the honey, oh. uh, the honey potting thing. I don't know if that's honey barrel. That's like I don't really even know about that. It's like people dip into this big barrel and come out filled with the Holy Spirit or something. But it's all like anyway, all this stuff that people kind of pick out and be like, this is crazy okay. stuff, or the glitter falling from the sky. Like people say that yeah. it's like. Now, glitter well, was yeah. actually invented by Satan. That's that's actually that. Have that's you got a reference for that? Everyone, <laughs> yeah, everyone knows that. He's got two girls. If you've, if you've had to vacuum a church a church basement after a uh, well, if the, if the glitter, <laughs> a Sunday school with glitter, if the glitter is literally falling from above. Then I don't think Satan's up there, so he, it couldn't be him. He's not. He's not Check there. Check and I don't know, man. He's down there. He, he's not up he, there. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, read Job, man. Check Job. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, yeah. Where did that? Where did that conversation <laughs> okay. take place? Maybe purgatory, somewhere <laughs> in the middle. Anyway, yeah. um, so that's people will say then. You, know, you can't trust anything Bethel say because they do some of these questionable practices that you know they disagree with. Sure. So, but I feel like there's some stuff in Bethel I find genuinely very helpful. Some of their worship I find sure. very helpful. But it's it's hard because you know i might be at a level where i can discern what i think's good and what's bad but then if i recommend this to like a 15 year old are they gonna you know be more intrigued by the stuff that's negative or the enneagram thing you know if that's i think it's helpful because you know anything you can use to kind of examine yourself and i I, i'm very against putting yourself in that bracket in terms of i am defining myself by this category and therefore i should subscribe and act the way this category demands that's what i'm against but if it helps you self-reflect then I, I get the usefulness, so it's it's just this balance, I right. guess, isn't it, between what's helpful and and then you know being yeah. able to discern what's not. Absolutely, yeah. And I think one of the things that we push back on a lot too is like 
where do we draw that this thing needs discernment line? So like, oh, you have to be cautious with this because this theological movement could also have these things wrong. But like, mm. what about the things in our theological movement that, that have things wrong? Yeah, yeah. We're, that, the episode we're recording later you know, today is just on that. Yeah, exactly. So like the the thing is, the once again, the consistencies. Because there are, there's a brand of folks who would say, well, I can't recommend all that stuff because that could lead yeah. to this, could lead to this. And it's like, well, but what about that idea itself? What about the idea that you have things right in your camp and you've circled the wagons well and all the problems are out there and all the good is in here? Like, mm-hmm. where could that idea lead? Right. Like, is that is that yeah. actually a healthy biblical idea? Mm. And so that's where it's like we're, we're constantly having to examine ourselves and examine the scriptures and see see what ways need to change because the Lord is working on us while we live. Yeah. And I guess that's for me, like part of the reason why I made this show was to have a place where like, if someone is a socialist Christian, say they wanted to come on the show that you, let's, let's have that conversation and say, you know, is there stuff that we can, I can learn. I'm from a more conservative background, but you have mm-hmm. they got valid points about why they believe what they believe. Or if someone is like, you know, a Christian nationalist or pro-Israel kind of stuff, you know, anything like that, you know, why they believe what they believe, you know, you gotta, for me, I'm in a place where I want to hear their point of view and decide, you know, decide for myself if I can, if there's things I can learn and kind of examine what I think and don't just kind of exclude them because it's just against what I would traditionally think of as like a safe doctor. Well, to a degree, we should be doing that all the time, right? Like, we hit that pretty hard, a proposition or an argument or a system is correct or it's incorrect it's it's not right. emotional it doesn't matter what tradition you come from how you identify beyond being a person of faith like what type of person of faith are you like something's true or it's untrue mm-hmm. and it's helpful or it's unhelpful yeah and we we really should be open to like evaluating things on their own merits and like that's and especially like us both being from like conservative backgrounds like yeah. what happened to like always be reforming like we we get things wrong. We want to be open so mm-hmm. that we can find out where we're wrong mm-hmm. so we can change to be correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and being charitable along the way, right? Like yep. that, that the people that we yep. disagree with aren't the enemy, no. you know, yeah. that the, the it's enemy. A very radical idea in conservative Christianity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the enemy is the enemy of our souls. He's the enemy of the church. He's the enemy of unity. Yeah. And so um, that's really the thing that we, if we're being biblically informed, that we have to keep front of mind is that people disagree on stuff. And yeah. it doesn't mean they're both right. They're not. Um, but it also doesn't mean you have to hate them because they're wrong. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, so personally, I grew up in a kind of Pentecostal charismatic church. Um, so my, my upbringing was a little different, you know, to get from that to where we're literally having, you know, um, egalitarianism in the church and, um, you know, laying of hands and speaking of tongues is required in order to be, you know, validate that you are actually saved kind of thing. Then getting to the point where I am now, where it's like, oh, I don't know most of that. Um, but still not, but still the fundamental, the, those core mm-hmm. things of mm-hmm. who Christ is, what the gospel is, those things are objective truths. And no, there's, there's no need to falter on it because to falter on it is to, is to, to an extent to live inconsistently. Right. Um, but all of those other things, it's like, um, I've, I've changed my mind. And so I'm, I'm an advocate of that to be able to keep your mind open mm-hmm. and, 
And that doesn't mean like keep your mind open and thus have no right. boundaries right. and just let everything in more than it is keep your mind open and and just mm -hmm. listen. And then that's like we continually say in probably almost every episode, if not every episode be, be discerning <laughs> every episode yeah. just be be discerning because there there's nuance in almost everything right um and so because not everything is just black and white um we have to be mm -hmm. discerning in in those areas mm -hmm. and so and and that's a i think that's a, a huge encouragement and an area of growth for for the universal church as well as probably a lot mm -hmm. of local churches yeah like yeah. my church for example growing up would have been um, or from, I guess, my background growing up, I would have been on the more conservative side, but in a way that, um, you know, things like the gifts of the spirit and those kind of things would have been, for me, like kind of suspicious, you know, something hmm. that I wasn't really exposed to all that kind of stuff, you know, even speaking in tongues and um, prophetic visions, those kind of things, I guess, for me, naturally growing up, I was like more suspicious of because I hadn't experienced much of it. Um, but then I think, you know, just reading the scripture and going through that yourself and, and seeing things. And mm -hmm. you can kind of see, like for me, I've accepted, you know, there's, there's a lot of those things that, you know, even the prophetic stuff, obviously to me and my, where I am now, I believe that's very real. But then at the same time, when I see other kind of more Pentecostal and charismatic churches that people are kind of rolling around and stuff, I kind of think, you know, well, you know, self-control is another fruit of the spirit. You know, those, it's kind of, you can get the balance of it. It's not all, yeah, that's not, right. it's not all correct on either side. So I think that's the hardest place to be, though, because churches don't really cater to people that are generally on the middle. They, ha they have to kind of be defined as I'm this church, I'm that church. Yeah. And it's kind of it's hard yeah. sometimes to get the middle ground because then those churches, it feels like almost they don't have a, a bracket or an identity that you can put them into, you know, at least that's how it feels. Yeah. Like. Mm -hmm. And like, it's good for there to be different churches that have different practices, because ultimately we have to be able to lead out of conviction um, and we have to be able to teach, we have to be able to have a certain kind of church practice and worship, right? Like it, not every church, not a single church can't be everything to everyone. Yeah. It can't represent all legitimate theological viewpoints. Mm -hmm. But what, what the problem is, is when we have all these different churches, but then they have no connection to each other. There's no yeah. community. There's no, no, no common ground, nothing that we actually get behind. Or they actively demonize each other. And, and that's where it's mm -hmm. like... I mean, it, it. We talk. We talk on our podcast some about social justice occasionally, and it, you know that's where we think that that could be a very helpful and healthy thing. Like as churches lean into work that needs to get done, uh, they might find themselves needing to reach out or wanting to reach out to other faithful churches who maybe have a little bit of a different practice, but still hold the fundamental tenets of the Trinity and salvation by faith and. Uh, these these core key things that so many Christians do hold, but um, have differences elsewhere in practice, ecclesiology, eschatology, etc. So, um, you know that's that's all that's all healthy. But like, yeah, how can we lean in and and meet each other? And yeah, one of our old pastors used to say semi regularly, like we're going to be spending eternity with a lot of people who we quarrel with, like in yeah. this life. So mm -hmm. it, it's good to be at peace. Like, I mean, there've been a lot of living and past fathers of the faith who have influenced me. But I, over the last, I don't know, five years or so, probably the biggest one in my life is John Newton. He's known mostly as a hymn writer because he did Amazing Grace. But like his 
a large part of his ministry, even in his pastoral work, was like writing letters to folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't recommend his book of letters most highly, but I mean, he was kind of attacked by a lot of people on all the sides. Like he was kind of like a super ecumenical guy. And like mm-hmm. he brought people together. He brought people who probably weren't saved, but who were like in the world of the faith doing ministry, but like pretty whack and out there but because of his charity and stuff like he brought people in to like real relationships with one another and real christian work and ministry yeah i mean i i I, that's very inspiring it's an interesting conversation to have i mean people will obviously you have to ask yourself the question you know where's the the boundary between what's you know heretical and what can you exclude and what you know what is within the the kind of theological triage broad church you know yeah what's What's what makes it in, and what can you work with, and what can't you work with? Because I've talked to people before who um, are. I mean, I don't know if you know much about the history of Northern Ireland, but obviously there's been a lot of conflict between Protestants and Catholics yeah. in Northern Ireland for and in Ireland in general for many years. He was very anti-Catholic because he saw, well, not just from a, a conflict point of view of people being against each other, but he he saw in his mind people like people in his family, for example, that he thought, I don't know, or friends, I don't know if they're going to be saved because of some of the practices of the church. Like, I really don't know if, mm-hmm. if I can, in good conscience, accept they're my brothers in Christ because I feel like there's too much that need that is, is different and is wrong and is unhelpful, unhealthy as well. So we had this conversation, and to me, my point of view was that if someone is out there and they're saying that, you know, I'm a Catholic and I consider myself a, Christ- a Christian and, you know, I consider myself, like I proclaim Jesus as my savior. Like that's pretty much, the battle's pretty much won. Everything from that point on is discipleship. You know, if you're going to work, someone is already saying, I'm a Christian and I love Jesus and I accept him as my savior, then all the other stuff is just, you know, you think there's stuff that's unhelpful and healthy and you, you can have that conversation and kind of say, you know, they can point out things in you and you can point out things in them, but to then exclude them is is less healthy because they're who's mm. like who's going to reach out to them at that point if you think that something's genuinely well, I mean, not even in the act of exclusion like it we kind of act like we have authority mm-hmm. in a way so i mean what is I, it sounded like kind of what you're saying the idea of like what is required to be a child of god is faith faith mm-hmm. in christ yeah there are plenty of people in all sorts of churches denominations maybe even cults who like have a lot of things wrong but i mean what is required for faith is an understanding of of sin and how it falls short and how jesus is the way to bridge that gap and like you said like we're all on a journey where somebody is right now how they identify now what church they go to right hmm. now that's a snapshot well and i'll add two things to that too because i mean on one hand yes that's true um and i'd say I'll, i'll add the the more inclusive thing first um as far as everything being discipleship, you can disciple someone who's not a believer too. And like, as long as you're willing to be in conversation with them and they're willing to, you know, be in conversation and and you're bringing the word of God, things like that. Let's do that. Like, we shouldn't exclude non-believers from our lives. But at the same time, I'd say like, you've got first John two, five, like there is a following of Jesus that doesn't follow the real Jesus. And you know, that's, and and that's not salvific, right? That doesn't save you. And so I would just add that caveat. Like there are people who say I believe in Jesus, um, who don't believe in the real Jesus. And in Matthew seven, that's like the most terrifying passage in the Bible. Like yeah, a lot of people, 20 to 20, yeah, a lot of people exactly. think they're following yeah. Jesus, and 
in the end they're going to be that like is, no yeah. you weren't well, that's yeah yeah Sorry, I was go thinking, ahead. but keeping the lines of communication open go ahead vince yeah, no, I was just thinking the same thing because it, I know um, I've, I, I'm really into apologetics and I, I've seen. He is very you know, into apologetics, folks. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Uh, Mormons who is true. will, on the surface, prior to actually delving into the Jesus that they're speaking of, will say, I believe right. in Christ. Uh, he's my savior. Um, but the Jesus that they believe in is mm. definitely not the one right. in the Bible. Um, or the there are certain aspects of of dogma that do come out of the catholic church that's like you have to believe this in order to be mm. saved and it's like mm, we already had our kind of cautionary uh you know scriptures about different mm -hmm. gospels and so uh you kind of you kind of you you definitely i think that's a beautiful view of being able to say you know somebody is proclaiming christ we are not god so we cannot right. say i know a heart um, but at the same time, um, what comes out of a person is what defiles that person. That's what Mark 7 talks about. Mm. And so uh, we, we know them by their fruit. And, and, and Galatians 5, 20 through 23 talks about that as well, That's about right. what fruits we should see and, and what works of the flesh that we shouldn't see in a person right. who calls themselves a believer. There are different there are different levels of growth and there's time that goes with that um but even in that proclamation of a person saying i know christ discernment is still yep exactly useful i was just gonna say again important. it's it's discernment yeah yeah so i was i was gonna have someone on the show and i think i'm i'm gonna go ahead and try and you know get a schedule you know someone who um maybe has has left the mormon church or something like that you know people i know a few people there's a contributor on our blog for example uh, called Valentine, who has written a few articles about her perspective as someone who's left the Mormon church and has sort of found Christianity in, in a truer sense, in her opinion, I guess that's, it's it's not really, it's, it's so hard to say because Mormonism is like one of those ones that I wouldn't consider Christianity, but yet it's the same God and the same characters and a lot. Of they would consider themselves part of Christianity. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of the yeah. toughest ones and it's one of the ones that me and my wife talk about the most because they've like, we have this conversation about, you know, um, Heather would say, I know people who are Mormons, for example, that have a relationship with God. And that to me is like, it's an interesting mm -hmm. way to look at it that way because, like, I don't, like, how, how can you, or if it's that different, like, how can it be the same God? Like, can you, are we having the same relationship with the same being? You know, it's, it's a very tough and a very tricky one. There's other ones that are a bit more, a bit closer, like, even no. there's other there's other denomination things that you know you might even catholicism ways like it's a bit closer to what we i would regard as sort of mainline christianity but sure well there's a difference between and i've i've had this conversation with trevor and plenty of other folks like there's a difference between a person who says i'm a catholic and who sits in the catholic church or a person who says i'm a mormon and reads the mormon bible versus like the church itself and the positions of the church right. like there are plenty That's of people true. who i know who have called themselves Mormons and Catholics, and then, like, after, like, the Holy Spirit eventually is like, no, that's not really what I am. Like, I'm going to find a place right. that, like, and again, we're not the, the Holy Spirit police. No. But at the same time, we do hold to the Word of God. And so, like, that's where, like, like I said in First John 5. So like, if somebody wanted to, like, felt yeah. like if we were elders and somebody wanted to join the church, to be like, well, these things are important. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But to be friends with people and talk with people, and I think it's also, like, we can take a very clear stand on what we believe about the Bible and what that means without that 
being exclusive or kind of shutting yeah without without like judging people i guess you know but without that still... necessitating conflict right. yeah because i mean and if they don't want to hear that they don't want to hear that and that's and that's sad on their part but like you know i i think it there is a place to say well here's what the scripture i think pretty clearly teaches and because i do think it's clear and so based on that it doesn't look like what you're saying is in in line sure. with that and you can disagree and i'm open to listen to that disagreement yeah but this is where i stand on this and so like yeah, let's, to, to let's hold the stand hard but then still fulfill the scripture where it says like as much as it's possible to be at yeah. peace with all men like we can say that's a constant balance we're trying to work we, too and again yeah. I, I think social media in a lot of ways has cranked this up but i mean in the day and age we live in which is a terrible phrase i'm sorry that i said that but in our current culture like differences are are just cranked up and and i think it's it's a beautiful witness of the grace of god and of the actual gospel to be like hey i disagree with you but like i care about you and you're welcome in my circle like yeah. you're welcome not, and not like well, yeah, oh, like we're gonna say you're a person of faith and you're not but like you're welcome in my home and in my community like you're not gonna find church. like an aggressive opponent in me yeah i'll probably start some conversations with you here and there yeah. like i'm not gonna give my assent mm-hmm. to yeah, something come teach in my sunday school class but certainly like, <laughs> not but like yeah you're, you're welcome here so you're welcome yeah. And yeah. but and I think that's where it's like, and also a lot of the churches that we are interacting with and have come from, it's almost the pendulum's the entire opposite way because we've got guys that we know in our sphere who are making arguments that people should be put out of the church for different political views, mm. you know, and yeah. so and like these are we're talking about yeah. people who are Christians who who are believing the same about the gifts, believing the same about the doctrines of grace, believing the same about, obviously, the, the more key things right. about, you inerrancy know, the inerrancy of Scripture Christ and, and Christ and who he mm-hmm. is. And, and But they just happen to believe that, you know, there's a white supremacist legacy in, in America. And so if they believe that, then, it, well, but you're influenced by Marxism, and that's anti-biblical. And so, therefore, mm-hmm. if you don't respond to this teaching and totally change your mind about that, then you're out of the church. Right. And it's like... Yeah, that's very uh, extreme. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah, extreme on the other side for sure. Yeah. And I think that's the the balance that we're still. I think we all are as believers all over the world. You know, in various areas or just ways of life, learning how to have mm-hmm. grace and truth. Uh, because I, I I feel like it it gets so polarized sometimes, and especially like Phil said, um, in conversations in um in the world of of. Uh, social media uh it feels very one can feel very compelled to just take a side and you have to take all of the talking points and if you disagree with any of the talking points then you're just not a part of Mm -hmm. our group because one talking point missed invalidates all the other ones that you may agree Mm -hmm. with and it's like right Mm -hmm. i mean read first corinthians 13 about what love is Mm -hmm. and then come back and tell Mm -hmm. me that I, I think we just need to do a lot better at, and and it's a, it's a it's a conviction for me too because sometimes I lean and I'm like, uh, I, I I'm too much in that that truth area where right. no grace is being given, and so um, I, I, I that's that's a caution as well as an encouragement I think for for all of us to just continue to see what grace mm-hmm. and truth looks like as we interact with believers and yeah, well, I've mm-hmm. spoken about this with guests before about how. I think it's a very different culture. I mean, I think the American 
kind of conservative culture is a little bit different to kind of the British or the Northern Irish church culture in terms of, um, I think Northern Ireland would be considered one of the most uh, Christian parts of the UK, if that's a thing, I guess, one of the more um, religious parts. And it, among our among most church circles, I would say in terms of like, I guess the more, mod, what's, the, what's the correct word? Um, the, more, the more trendy churches, the ones that people kind of want to be at and the more kind of, you know, people those kind of non-denominational churches that are kind of starting to pop up mm-hmm. and grow bigger and mm-hmm. bigger. You know, they're definitely a lot more liberal and progressive in in Northern Ireland than I think they probably are in the US. Like I, when I see a lot of churches, even like Bethel and like other non-denominational churches, like they seem to be more conservative. Would that be a correct sort of characterization, or they seem to be bordering more? On the I mean, there's side? a lot of. There's I, a lot of like the politically conservative church movement here is very powerful, um, but that doesn't mean that the liberal church movement isn't is big. What's what's really hard to find is the churches that are theologically conservative, but maybe not so like politically right. conservative. And because it's like you get you have this strain of fundamentalism and there's a there's actually a really good uh, Phil Vischer video on what is evangelicalism that yeah, explains the new that video was so super good. well. Um, so recommend that to you and any of your viewers. But um, yeah, so you have this re- really kind of weird marriage um, where the churches, the conservative church ends up very typically not every church but very typically and and they would also dispute this so if they're listening um they would probably not agree with me saying this but this is the trap the facts um they're very very tied to one party right uh, one political party um and then you have the broader more literal more liberal churches that aren't really tied to one party there's probably more of a mixture Mm. um and so what ends up being equated a lot is like conservative politics and conservative theology yeah um people start to think it's one and and you've seen i've seen people tweet like i've never seen somebody have liberal politics and and Mm. not have liberal theology and it's and also that's a it's a very racially segregated um kind of perspective to to think that yeah, super in, in America as well, um, yeah. but so that's that's something that we would love to see a lot more critical thinking in the church, so mm-hmm. that they wouldn't hew uh, all to one side, but but have a better interaction. Mm-hmm. And I think it would it would also lend a lot more credence to their our, fundamental beliefs. Yeah, that, that public that's witness. what matters right. uh, to them most fundamentally. Mm-hmm. If like you're telling the world that christian equals political conservative equals you have to vote these ways and think these ways about history mm-hmm. or else like you don't belong yeah. in church well, this like is, this is the that's interesting thing an immense like, problem where i'm at one of the things that kind of it didn't alienate me but it's definitely like annoyed me quite a bit and and uh i mean it, it was a struggle for me because i the churches that i generally would have associated with and the kind of church scenes this kind of uh you know and non-denominational it's not it's not exactly evangelical in the american sense but it's you know just kind of like a standard the church scene i would have been involved with would have been very politically progressive i feel not like you know it might be i feel like just from talking to previous people that you're the churches in america the ones that are like the main denominations like the episcopalian kind of churches they're generally more liberal in thought possibly and then the mm-hmm. kind of more evangelical and non-denominational ones are maybe the more conservative types. But over here, it's kind of like the opposite yeah. of that. The ones that we would call our Episcopalian ones, like the Church of Ireland and Church of England, for example, they would be more um, 
you would think they would, like over here they'd be more conservative politically and then thought but the non-denominational ones are the ones that are more liberal so for me like being part of that kind of church scene it was difficult like for me because the great sort of i've said this before the great sort of evils of the of the world in their eyes were you know this idea of donald trump and brexit and that was like you know this this these are the things that we should all kind of it was like taken for granted that we all accepted this was the the, the moral evil of the world and that was just the common point of view and for me like a lot of those things didn't necessarily like i didn't agree with all of that i didn't agree that um that was kind of that is something that just should be accepted you know, straight away that that was that those were negative things because like half of our church for example i think were were conservative politically and, and uh, well not our church but the church scene in general were conservative and i felt like that was alienating them a lot just by saying like this is the they were saying it definitively like donald trump is bad brexit is bad these are the the bad things in the world and i for me, was, like from the pulpit kind of deal, like yeah, like just I remember I was at a church event. Um, it was after the I don't know how familiar you are with the Brexit kind of thing, but I was at a church event and uh, like the day after that, and um, I I voted in that, and I remember after like the results of the thing of the um, Brexit referendum came in, it was like people basically like saying from the pulpit of this it was like a festival type thing, you know. I know most of you guys will be like hurting, and this is like a really tough time for the country, just seeing what's happened and you will get through like just like basically making out like we all agreed that this was just a bad thing hmm. but for me like that was the difficult part because like i, I don't care if like, if i went to a church that was all politically conservative and that was what was being preached like i would find that really tough as well because like you're you're just automatically alienating like half of your kind of target yeah. audience in a way you know your congregation so like that was one of the you gotta know how to shepherd people no matter what their political yeah, yeah how he is. that's something that theological education like seminaries need to do or whatever like whatever sort of theological training like pastoral training like mm-hmm. there is the two the the two bad sides of the pendulum where nothing is said about current events or political things yeah and then there's the people who like kind of use the pulpit and like their mouthpiece of god to like yeah tell people how to vote mm. and feel about things as well. Well, so we're like, we've talked about before how the church is simultaneously too political and not political enough. Right. It's yeah. too political mm-hmm. because like, like you said, like we, we divide into these camps, like we make these things realities, but then it's not political enough. Cause then we don't even talk about that. Right. The reality is the church that, that I used to go to, like probably of 600 members, like, I would imagine there is not double digits of the, there's only two parties in America, the Democrat party. And like, you that, don't think there's more than 10 people who, I don't think there's more than 10 people who are, who are maybe Democrats. democratic in that, in that I, church. I think that's probably fair. Maybe. And like, and maybe I'm wrong, but if I'm wrong, I'm not off by much. And like, the reality is though, that those political issues are never going to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Like they just don't get talked about. There's no teaching about it. There's no thoughts on like, okay, politically philosophically like we can demonize redistribution for example in our minds but is that biblical or even if you land on conservative sides like what are you doing to put forth the conservative things in your community what are you doing to help crisis pregnancy centers Mm -hmm. or homeless shelters or food banks like what are you what are you doing yeah yeah and so the bible doesn't seem to get brought into the discussion Mm. yeah it's it's um like it's just for me, it was very tough. And I was talking to um, someone. I think it was my second episode, um, who was a um, like a religion and politics professor, you know, political science, but specializing in religion and politics and where they all work together. And I asked him kind of what's the 
like in your because he was doing research on people basically dropping out of the church because it was either too political or not political enough these kind of things and i said well what's what's the correct way to deal with these things from the pulpit you know if if you can make that judgment that he said that he wasn't qualified but i said you know in your perspective and from your research what is like how do we get keep how do we keep people engaged but not like like how do we, how do we not turn them off by talking about political stuff and how do we not like endorse particular political parties and things like that and and you know how do we not wind people up by suggesting that a particular party is the right way to vote or something like that he said you know the 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 best way is to talk about things on values levels and talk about you know what are we learning from the scripture and then let people make their mind up about these things so if the if the scripture says you know that if you believe that uh, socialism is wrong you know don't talk about socialism in the pulpit talk about the values that you know is is demonstrated by Jesus in the scriptures and by the you know even just by reading um how and how people acted in the early church and things like that you know talk about the values that are being demonstrated instead of saying you know this party's right this ideology's wrong all that kind of stuff instead of getting into the specifics so that's kind of i think that was a really good way of putting it where you know you're just you're not alienating that part of the church because people are making their own minds up and it's that freedom you know yeah, I think having a, a biblically informed approach on different issues, because the reality is, is that if you don't discuss those things in church, if you don't discuss those things in small groups, I'm not saying that you have to preach on it from the pulpit. I feel like the pulpit is a great place to set the vision for the church, and that should be done from the Word of God. But you've got Sunday schools, you've got small groups, mm-hmm. hopefully you've got relationships. And like, when you don't fill those relationships from a biblical standpoint of like, how does the Bible talk about um, welfare? How does the Bible talk about a social support system? You know, how does the Old Testament talk about that? How does the New Testament talk about that? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, how does the Bible approach these things? The reality is it doesn't just not get filled by something. It gets filled. And it gets filled by Twitter feeds. It gets filled by Facebook feeds. It gets filled by whoever they choose. 24-hour news, yeah. Yeah, 24-hour news and whoever they decide to listen to, uh, you know. And the question then is, do they have the discernment? Have they been taught how to discern those things? Have they been taught how to know what is a good source? Have they been taught to know what what information is good information what's what's objective what's actually scientific versus what is just some dude spouting his ideology mm. and you know these are all things because the bible teaches discernment and it, and it teaches that there's truth and it teaches the the importance of observations as well i mean the the early scientists were were christian people on purpose like they believe that god's world that he created had order and so uh, if the church abdicates that space that space will be filled by voices that do not have the church's interests in mind. Yeah, and it's starting that trajectory, like you're basically like you're saying, Trev, with with what Scripture has to say about the particular subject. Mm-hmm. Not saying, okay, my political party says X about the subject. How do yeah. I get the Bible to justify right. it? Very much so. Um, because it's it's moving, it's moving, it's putting the cart before the horse, and it's it's almost in a way just trying to manipulate Scripture that agrees with what yeah. you have to say. Because I think if we did that honestly, then f- if we started with what does scripture have to say about X, Y, or Z, um, and we were consistent with that, we wouldn't always land conservative or mm-hmm. liberal That's right. on, on different and subjects. And we should be we would... comfortable with that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, that, and that's okay. It's not, you're not betraying Jesus came anyone in and critiqued by... all the parties. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, plug for the Ant campaign, right? Like, yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah, what they're about. I mention, you know, those guys because I've seen their some of their work, and I think it's really important to be able to say, you know, to be in this middle ground and say, you know, not no side is completely right. I think if you're not comfortable saying those things, like if you, if you can't bring yourself to to criticize either Trump or Biden or the Democrats or Republicans, if you can't bring yourself to to see the the faults and the good things on both sides, then it's really, you know, it's I guess it's a pride issue, and that you're unwilling to admit that you're that that, yeah, that God knows better than you do, you know. Yeah, it's pride. It's a lack yeah. of courage. It's a fear of man, mm-hmm. and like in a way, it's kind of like theological immaturity and laziness. Like we we had one of the founders of the Ann campaign, Show Baraka, on uh, earlier, and he was talking all the time, like because he was talking about it from a a black conservative mm-hmm. point of view where like he was always put in the boxes and kind of taken for granted as a voter by the democrats and he's like like they maybe have my interests more at heart in some areas but like they're not engaging me at all right they don't accept my morality so it's like and i'm i'm hopeful I, i'm kind of the eternal optimist on the <laughs> show like i i think what the Ann campaign is doing is so helpful because it's it is a organization with a lot of people of faith and people who have expertise in political fields saying, like, it is okay to accept things on principle and to not make mm-hmm. your party identity, like, to have your party identity be all that important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, political parties have value because there's organizations, that's how things get done. But, like, yeah. if you are a registered Republican or a Democrat, you should not just take all the things that those people say as true because they're people, right. like, especially as people of faith. They're only part like, of As system, people of know? faith to be like, to mindlessly take what people in a political organization say as true is like doubly wild. Right. Yeah. And I've got to a place too, I mean, just to lay the cards on the table, like where I'm, I'm fairly progressive politically now. Um, I would say even more so than um, some some of the Democratic Party would be, mm. but I do that in a in a distinctly in a distinctly biblically informed way, I believe, and I do it in a way that doesn't like they're not my party. It, it's not that I buy those things hook, line, and sinker. Like you have to be willing to critique on all the sides and i think the other thing about that is just because you're critiquing on all sides doesn't also mean that your critiques fall equally on both sides like sure nobody has it right and they're not they're they're not biblically informed and they're not the Mm -hmm. the uh party of jesus they're not they're not jesus's like jesus is going to come down and set up his kingdom and then the government will be perfect right but before that we'll always have things to critique on both sides but like that also doesn't mean that just because there's two options to critique that they both are equally the same amount wrong Mm -hmm. like they're both wrong but they're not necessarily both the same amount. And I think that's an error uh, in America that happens a lot is that like we think like Americans confuse centrism with objectivity. You can be objective and not be centrist because just because you're in the center doesn't mean that that's where the objective data yeah. actually lies. Yeah. Um, right. And so that can be a lazy copy because yeah, it's, it's like, okay, really, yeah. education, economics, criminal justice. What does this side say? What does this side say? Which one is more right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not like let me slap myself right in the middle mm-hmm. of like, so uh, right with some issues and very like mm-hmm. very wrong and wrong with a lot of good. Like mm-hmm. let me go in between for the sake of being centrist. Like mm-hmm. that yeah. does nobody any yeah, well, good. And I don't think that's what Jesus did, right? Like when he came, like he did stuff 
that made people want to kill him. Like that's, that's the reality. And like, that's not a moderate centrist approach. Like, but he did call out all, like he wasn't of a party. And so I think that's kind of, he's our example in so many things. And I think the, his approach to society is, is definitely one of them. I was going to say, it comes back for Mm -hmm. me to like this idea of like the, the church being the body, you know, it's like, it's interesting, and, and this is a crude characterization, but you kind of need the head and the heart at the same time. Like, it's it's perfectly, to me, it's perfectly acceptable to have people that are reading the Bible and finding more kind of, or com- coming out with a more progressive worldview and, and view of politics, and also to have people who are reading the Bible coming out with a more right-wing or conservative point of view, because to me, like, those two, those two people are both needed in order to bring the balance to the situation in a strange way. Like, if you don't have people that are passionate about advocating for even like social justice or like charity, the taking care of the poor, those kind of things, like if you don't have people that are passionate about those things, then we're going to be in a worse place. You know, if we just had people that were all very, you know, um, just not disinterested, but just kind of apathetic about it all being like, you know, that's that would be a worse position for me than having two people that were passionate about, you know, being responsible and, you know, to quote the Iron Campion and, you know, moral, what is it they say, moral and, Compassion, Compassion and conviction. Yeah, that's the one. So it's like, you know, <laughs> uh, so that's, you. to me, like, that's, it's so important to have people that are passionate on both sides. And it's not, it's not, it, to me, it doesn't, uh, like, it's not contradictory to have people that come out with different views of the Bible at all. What huh. did Jesse say on our show about the whole conservative progressive well, dynamic? Well, it's very, very similar to what Vincent said earlier. Like, not all things should be conserved. Like, yeah. there's things, there's evil yeah. in the world, so not everything should be conserved. Mm-hmm. And so you can't be conservative on everything. But there is truth. Like, there is biblical truth. There are things that the Lord set up that are good institutions that are biblical in that sense, mm-hmm. or at least God ordained yeah. in a broad sense. And so not everything can be progressed. Right. And so that's where that's it's important to yeah. continue to guide and seek that balance. Like, and things yeah. I think there's there's a level of grace that's still that's just so needed mm-hmm. through all of this because I think you know, if we if we took the time to think these things out and speak about it like we're doing right now, if if that kind of conversation happened more, I think then we could coexist and still have those very intense, very intentional, very important conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think right now what's happening is it it's it's almost like this this vitriol right. that we have against each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my goodness, you you appreciate social justice? I mean, do you even love God? When was the last time you opened your Bible? Yeah. Like, you know, if yeah. we get this kind of thing, or or on the other side, it's just like, oh, you're so right wing. You just you've never opened yeah. your Bible. <laughs> you believe that you, you gender is real? Attacks. <laughs> yeah, and it's just these. It's 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 slander. It's it's mm. so. It's so unloving, right. yeah. quite honestly. Yeah. It's it's so and it's disheartening to see. And and I'm not impervious to it. I'm sure you Lord forgive me, I've participated. And so I, I just think we there's such an area of grace that mm-hmm. we need to have. And I think if we actually took it seriously, um, what scripture says about how we love and honor and treat each other, especially brothers and sisters in Christ, then a lot of these conversations can be um rid of its awkwardness or its inflammatory mm-hmm. nature and we can just talk and 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 land on different things and learn how to healthily yeah. disagree well and and i'll say too like i'm empathetic for people like they get 
very emotional because it is tied up with identity. It is tied up with morality. That's huge. Uh, they do they do feel that like yeah. they they feel like if you disagree, it is attack on them. It's an attack on their faith. It's an attack on mm-hmm. um, bigger yeah. principled things, and that's how it feels. Yeah, they're God in some ways. But what you have to do is convert that because the reality is nowadays, especially with social media, we are continually analyzed so that we can un- so that companies can understand what kind of viewpoint we're right. looking for and what we'll click on more mm-hmm. actively. And so when someone disagrees with you, they're actually offering you a gift because that is perspective that somebody like that the world in general is not bold enough to offer you mm. because it doesn't market well. Yeah. And if someone has been bold enough, I mean, we've had a listener um, email us and, and give us some, some disagreement and I've gone, gone back and forth and you know, they, this, they might think that I'm being led astray <laughs> and I appreciate that, that they care enough about yeah. my soul yeah. that they would want to write me, that they would want to talk about these things. And if I am being led astray, I would want to know. We want to know. Like and d- so, if, if caring about the poor meant that we didn't care about the gospel, <laughs> yeah. we would want to know that. Yeah. yeah. We just so, don't agree with you. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, look at what this person said about social justice or look at what this guy said. It's like, okay, I would love to see what they said. Like, I can't look at everything. I can't I can't watch every. There's so much anti-woke Too content, much content being created uh, and, and just general content yeah. uh, every day that you can't look at it exactly, all. But yeah. I'm like, yeah, I want to understand, make sure I'm not missing an argument, make sure I'm not not because i won't get that otherwise because over time like you know i've shifted a lot um from from a mostly conservative viewpoint and like but what happens is initially like as i was making that shift i'd see a lot of different viewpoints in my news and now i don't so much anymore and it's sad to me like i I try to like i try to like fix that and like log out of stuff so like it won't know me as well so like i can see give me some of those cute conspiracies even me it's interesting (laughs) for me like (laughs) I've been, I've been having this conversation with people where like they're they're kind of shocked and some people don't understand because I say you know I I guess I'm from a more conservative stroke semi libertarian point of view like I would consider myself fairly libertarian but you know I I go out of my way to listen to people like I don't know if you're familiar but like the Jimmy Dore show like absolutely like mm-hmm. died in the wool progressive loves Bernie Sanders like basically he's just like a comedian basically but he's he oh, does okay. his, uh is that a UK thing or no, a US no, no, thing? No, no, US thing. Yeah, he's a Chicago guy. So, um, well, you know, the, you Bernie Sanders is not a UK politician, Phil. <laughs> True. Exactly. Good point, I guess. Well, um, I mean, the amount of people who love him over here, he might as well be. But, um, <laughs> like, you know, the point being that I, I actually listen almost more to his show than I would someone maybe like, I don't know. Ben Shapiro or Dave Rubin, someone like that. I guess Dave Rubin's somewhere in the middle because yeah. he used to be more progressive. But um, like Jimmy Dore, for example, he's always talking about how the Democrats are just not progressive enough and Nancy Pelosi's just not working enough for like this democratic socialism idea. And AOC <laughs> yep. is too weak and too much a puppet of the Democratic Party. So like I like to listen to that because like I feel like if I'm not listening to those people's points of view, then well, like it's part of it is do I have anything to disagree with? Like, can I, I need to, I need to hear things that I disagree with to know where I stand almost. And then part of it is, yeah, we should, we should seek that out. That's good. Yeah. We we hit that all the time. One of my shout outs a lot is Ezra Klein's show because he, he really does seek to understand the best argument of all sides and then evaluate them. We should be actively seeking things outside of like our, our echo chamber yeah. and our like, our established culture. When someone's progressive yeah. and they say at the same time that 
when they when they're telling you the faults of the Democratic Party, which is really more their side, that's when I start to be able to like, trust them more because I can see they're not just like sycophants for their own party. They're saying, you know, Barack Obama's, you know, blew up more people than anyone in history. Basically, you know, when I hear those arguments from people yep. who are genuinely concerned about their own side, that's when I start to open up and think, right, well, that, this is someone I can listen to because I may not agree with pretty much anything they say, but at least they're telling me their side more truthfully than the people that are just, you know, just going to repeating the talking points. And it's the same with, with more conservative things. Like I don't, I say to people, it's like, I feel guilty listening to conservative podcasters usually because I feel like they're just repeating <laughs> a lot of things that I've already heard. Good. I already believe you. Know, like I, I'm just I, I, sometimes I listen to like Steven Crowder, but it's most of the time I feel bad because I'm like, yeah, like I agree with them in ways, but it's like, am I really learning anything by just hearing people saying what I believe? Or... And I mean, that's right. how such a good that's kind of how people get radicalized. Like literally, only hearing the same thing over yeah. and over, yep. and then right. un uncritically accepting it all, and then kind of like yeah, viewing people as enemies who don't agree with everything that they believe. Yeah, yep. And you got to be able like Joe Rogan to me is a, a big inspiration because he takes people from both sides and listens and. He finds that sort of middle ground where you can agree with pretty much. Pretty, like, did you listen to that episode that we did on I that? Take it you guys have a, have opinions on on Joe Rogan. Then I think no, we uh, did you check out our Joe Rogan? We talk about Joe. Yeah, we talk about Joe Rogan positively. I th- yeah, I think I, I think I saw maybe uh, you guys promoting it, saying like about how he is a good example for people in terms of like having that dialogue. Would that be right, or what do you guys think? Yeah, there was a yeah. uh, a Gospel Coalition article that. The article itself was pretty innocuous, I would say. That's like, hey, Joe Rogan, just like what you said, he's a guy who who brings in experts or people in their field, and he listens to them, and like, that's a good thing for us to do as the church. Right. And then they get a lot of feedback going, oh, Joe Rogan's a bad guy. He he cusses, and he's yeah, a comedian, I'm, and he's da-da-da-da-da. It's like... <laughs> I, like I, I don't feel guilty about listening to Alex Jones. I mean, people can comment on my Twitter or whatever, like, give me hate for that, but... Like I, I don't feel guilty listening about Alex Jones because he is saying things that other people aren't saying, and I want to hear all the points of view that I can find. You know, if he's saying that such and such is happening in the background, he might be talking nonsense, but I like to at least listen to a little bit of what's going on in the background, so I feel like I'm slightly informed sure. when people say he's a, a bigot or a, when people say about him being like promoting hate speech. Like I want to know that he is doing that before I dismiss him. Oh, for sure, and, and I mean, like I think that. There is, I, I think I've listened to stuff that like, okay, what is what is going on here? Now I will say that there is a there is a point at which the character of a source or a person, like we were, we were talking about this, we have an episode coming out on news and sources, mm-hmm. and it's like it we we're kind of trying to fill that gap, like we've been talking about of people understanding how to discern like not just saying hey these are the news sites you need to listen to right, yeah like no mm-hmm. um this is how to make that decision but for what yourself. makes a good news but, item a good news and item. that isn't to say but we also caveat that it isn't to say that every news source is good like there are news sources out there that are they're not credible yeah. like at a certain point like and that doesn't mean you just totally tune them out like yeah i have family members who will send me uh, articles from these news sites that I don't find cre- credible and I'll read them like, because sometimes the reporting is good and some, you know, nobody, nobody, very is, Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Sometimes nobody, it's good. Somebody, nobody beat bats <laughs> zero and nobody bats a thousand. Like right. it's they're They're going to yeah. miss a lot. Like, but that doesn't also, that also means that because you can't listen to everything 
you can use that to kind of guide your decisions, yeah. your opinions, that kind of thing. Because we don't have infinite time. Like if you're if you're filling up all your time with Alex Jones, for example, yes, yeah. like it's good to know f- firsthand, like what a, what is the man saying? But at the same time, if all you were listening to is checking Jones, in weekly with them, you're not gonna yeah, <laughs> you're not gonna no, get I, a lot of great yeah, information. I, I, don't, I don't listen to Infowars like my primary news source. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. as, as correct that's or, very good. As correct or incorrect as Alex Jones may be, I feel like that's bad in principle just because of who he is and his character you know i, I don't want to become more like alex yeah. jones and more angry and more uh, you know trying to flip tables and things right. like more unhinged yeah but mm, your podcast matters. your your youtube podcast might get a lot of views if you started like yeah man, throwing you stuff really the screen. <laughs> you like throw one of those lamps in the background <laughs> <That'd> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah the podcast alex jones doesn't want you to hear it's like just put something like, <laughs> so, like that's this is the thing people like, get you. um but you know, part of it's entertainment. Like, I like his podcast with Joe Rogan because it's entertaining. And I don't think he is generally, like, sure. the boogeyman that people make him out to be. But he's not a primary, like, he's not the news source that I want to be getting most things from. And I don't know if I would consider any news source my primary news source because, like, it's you got to check everything out. Like, if the BBC puts something up, I generally can't trust that because I know they're, nowadays, like, they're, they are skewed a bit to the left wing. And if I, if I listen to, or read something from like the Daily Mail or the Daily Express, like those kind of UK newspapers, like I'm going to know they're going to be more right-wing and more kind of anti, like Euro-skeptic, things like that, things that are against the European Union. So like, I think it's just, it's definitely important to like to see that broad range. Like I want to see the extremes. Like I want to see the people that think AOC is weak and I want to see the people that think that like Alex Jones is mild. Like that's the, and I know, and I know it's not good to recommend that to everyone, but I guess that's just my personality. But and like free- yeah, and there's a there's a part of growth as well that needs to be self-assessed by the individual, and that and that bleeds not only in the political sphere or just news and stuff, but also in the in the in the church arena, um, because some people like I know when I first got into apologetics, um, I you know saw a title of like um, the you know Christianity is the white man's religion or something like that. <laughs> And it's an inflammatory title, but I was like, I'm not ready to watch this yeah. because I think that if it, if I did watch this, you know, these are professors and, you know, experts in their field speaking and it's mm-hmm. a lecture. It wasn't even a debate. And I was nervous. And I, and I think that was to a point wisdom to right. just stop and say, you are not at a point in your faith where you are going to be able to to yeah. discern well enough. That's a good point. Um, and you might get captivated by by yeah. these arguments and these these things that are being said. And so I was like, I'm 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 not ready now. Now I could definitely watch it yeah. and, and be fine. Um, but down the line, I I hope to continue to be a mm-hmm. grower and and one who learns. And so there might be something where it's just like using discernment. Mm-hmm. It's not time to look at that news source. It's not time to read that. It's not time to watch that. And that's okay. It's not to say it's forever off the table. I'll never listen or learn or look or at all. It's just saying I need to be more Mm -hmm. refined or fortified um, in in what I'm learning Mm -hmm. right now. And then as I continue to grow and learn, then I can engage a wider range. Wider range. I think that's part of why I feel guilty listening to the conservative side because I don't want to inflame the like. I don't want to get that point where like I'm I'm feeling like I'm really wound up and I'm really for those talking points and like I don't want to get too passionate about a political like a flawed political system if you know what I mean like I feel guilty mm-hmm. feeding that sure. inside me and it's like you know I don't want to feed it's almost like you know when people I don't know like 
I have friends, for example, you know, if they, if we all just get around and like eat a lot of sugary stuff and like, just, you know, you get, you get hyper, like you get yourself hyped up and you get like, it's just sitting around and then you start shouting and getting mm. boisterous. Like that's to me, or like, even and you go march hey, on the Capitol saying, saying that the election you was go stolen. Out drinking and stuff like people go out and like, you know, you, you get drunk for a reason. Like, do you want to get more? That's, it's almost like you're feeding that part of you that you're loosening up in some way you know what i mean it's like you're loosening your resistance to things that may be unhelpful because you're just being consumed by it but like for you guys in terms of your podcast like what are the big cultural issues that you're passionate about tackling and like talking about at the minute like what and what going forward is like your why are you doing what you do if you know what i mean oh those are almost different questions i feel like um yeah I feel like a, a lot of the content, like I'm, I'm very passionate about content and learning and, and dealing with stuff. I know we're going to talk a lot, I think in the upcoming year about race, we're going to, we're going to be hitting that issue because I think it's kind of an elephant in the room for the church. Yeah. Um, the church knows it's there, but really doesn't want to Some of the church knows it's directly there. engage it. And, um, mm. and, and there's just so much, I think opportunity for biblical thinking there. Um, so, uh, you know, to, I guess show a little bit of the cards. I know later we're going to be recording about critical race theory and I've, I've uh, been writing a paper that I don't, it's not like necessarily going to be released into the public anytime soon, but like uh, about how, how it's biblical and how like there are seven uh, fields in, um, theology that you can look to uh, through through hamartiology and soteriology that actually would um, through a biblical lens really help and and actually drive from a biblical standpoint why you could engage that. So we'll talk about things like Ezekiel eighteen and Matthew twenty three and um, you know Ephesians six and we could go on and on. There's there's a bunch of different passages we're going to try to go through and not just proof text but literally talk through these things. So I, I think that's an example of something that is like a boogeyman out there. And, and we see that a lot in the culture, especially cultural Christian conservatism, where it's like these boogeyman of this is all evil anti-Christian stuff. And it's like, well, hold up. Like, like why? Based, like based I know that what? you think like, that, yeah. I th- you think that very hard because you've been told it over and over and over. Right, right. But like, why though? And, and not just why, though, like show me. Show me in text. Show me this thing, and it's like, and and does the thing you show me actually validate your, your position? Yeah, and and yeah. that's you know, and and show me from the Bible too. Like, show me in the world. Show me in the Bible. Let's put these things side by side, and let's look at let's look at these things. So, and I think so. That's one issue with, and we're gonna also try to tackle. I mean, we're we actually just had a planning issue uh, episode about talking about race as well. So, right. Um, well, those are these are there's so many different episodes that we'll have to have on different things we're not going to try to we're not a social justice podcast we're like we're not trying to necessarily become that i used to say that, that all the time because like <laughs> we can't not talk about it. if we are genuinely engaging in the word and we are genuinely engaging in the culture like the social justice questions a ton of them are going to come up and we're not gonna yeah. we're not gonna ignore them mm. yeah and, I'm, I'm hoping to have like i've quoted someone like people on my um instagram page before who you know, differing opinions on critical race theory and things like that. And I'm hoping to have someone on and talk a little bit more about that. I feel like he, he's going to be more from like a, a negative point of view, like thinking it's anti-biblical. And, and it'll be interesting to, to hear your point of view on that in terms of like listening to your show on that. And then like, you know, talking to 
this guy and seeing like what he thinks and it's just it'll be interesting to see it's not necessarily like i think i think we're allowed to disagree even on issues like that you know some we're gonna have different opinions and it's about seeing respectfully you know why why have you come to your opinion biblically and why has he come to his and then deciding you know maybe it is the middle ground maybe i agree with one side maybe i agree with the other but you know that's that's just another example i think of of an issue where you can't not talk about it but then again you know that doesn't mean there's a correct answer you know when we've said that before you know and this episode you know yeah or that or that that even if you have to be right about it yeah even if you should want to be right about that i think you we have convictions right we we do we do believe like hey we get to this place but at the same point like recognizing that i'm human i'm flawed and there's other things that i've thought were right that i don't believe now you know and And being right about social justice isn't salvific no, but like it's just a good thing to try to be growing on. Yeah, I, I think so. The thing is, too, Josh is like I've grown up in churches and Philip with me that like we're very like it's intellectual from the get. Like mm-hmm. every single week, it, exegetical, verse by verse, like people pre- preaching. I thought churches exclusively preach through the Bible verse by verse for a very long yeah. time. Yeah, so like we we didn't grow up hearing mm-hmm. topical sermons, things like that. Like it was very very ex- like John MacArthur style, mm-hmm. exegetically driven, and like everything very theological and like that is so he- i think it's healthy i think it's good Super important. yeah, yeah. It, but it can't be the only thing no. because then what what you reduce church down to is an educational center where if you fundamentally just think these things about faith and about life and about whatever um then that's what makes you christian and I think Christ taught a faith that is about belief, but those beliefs change your life. They change the way that you act. They change the way yeah, that absolutely. you interact in the world. And it actually should, more than just your own personal piety and your own personal, like, okay, well, it changed my life your because sphere. now I read the Bible more and pray more. It's like, okay, so you read your textbook more. Like, that's that's what you're saying. Yeah. Like, and whether, it's still education. Yeah, like you said, whether they're preaching on topical issue, you know, like a particular topic or not, what's what's going on in people's mind is that they are looking at these issues in the world and then drawing on what they've learned to deal with these issues which is basically what would be happening anyway you know what i mean like if you're you're encountering things like even issues like race and stuff like that from a you're trying to think of that through a a scriptural point of view like you will be going back like digging into your mind looking at things you've learned and trying to process it that way in order to form a point of view and that's that would be no different to standing up in front of a church and saying you know, here's what I believe scripturally is said about this issue or that issue. You know, there's no difference, really. It's just that one's being done kind of out in the open and one thing is going on inside your head, if you know what I mean. I think so, yeah. And I'm talking about, too, about, like, churches should think about, like, what we learn by hearing, but also we learn by doing. We learn by getting alongside each other and being involved and being active. And so how can we how can we be about that as well, about character formation about the kind of people like it's said all the time when the church is growing up like you know christianity is not about behavior modification and i agree that christianity is certainly not less than behavior modification but it's 
you know, it's it's certainly more than behavior it modification. It must modify one's behavior. But it has to change your behavior at some point, too. Yeah. So the like... application for sermons <laughs> and Sunday school lessons and small group discussions, the application cannot only be just think better about these things. Like, if Jesus doesn't change right. your life, then in what way is he actually, like, are you actually following him? In what way are you a disciple of him? You know, I've been reading a little bit of Second Corinthians recently, and it's kind of like, when I'm reading it, I kind of feel like this is a little bit vague in terms of, like, I don't know what I can take away from this straight away. But then actually recently I've been discovering there's a lot of things in that book that are kind of very relevant to these kind of discussions. Even, you know, it's saying, um, what was I was just about to say? I've kind of lost my train of thought there. But like you're drawing on kind of um, even things things that sound like, you know, logic to you won't sound like logic to, to the world, things like that. But then, you know, you're just talking about, um, what was it you were just saying there before I, I jumped in, I kind of just lost my train of thought there on that one, but I was just about to reply to something you said, and then I thought, wait, what did he say? (laughs) No, just that, like, the the church there, it's... Behavior modification. Yeah, behavior What I was going to say was that there was a passage in there, a verse that was basically saying about um, kind of the whole point of being filled with the Spirit is that you will then kind of follow more as you walk and, and be guided by the Spirit living within you. You know, that's the behavior modification comes from you then the spirit making you one with God. And and that way, you know, your, your behavioral modification doesn't come from you trying to be pious. It's from the spirit transforming you as you grow closer to God through him, like become more one, you know what I mean? So it's, it's not your behavior modification until I realized, I think that people, it's not just about doing things and like trying to do things that like, that's not where you're going to see results. It's about the relationship with God growing. And then the spirit transforming yes. you to be more like God as you're closer and more united, you know? That's yeah. right. I think it's it's a relationship that is inextricable from each other. You have to you have to know what you know, but then you also have to do mm-hmm. what you know. And um a lot of times cuz you you see that balance. You definitely see that balance in the apologetics world because you have people who can articulate arguments so well. Um, in favor of, you know, the inerrancy of scripture or the existence of God or whatever. But then, like, I'm not trying to bag on anybody, but, like, you wouldn't have known that they were a Christian. Um, and then you have you you have um, just that marriage of the transformation. I mean, because read all of what First John has to say about, you know, those who do love God um, will be obedient. And, mm-hmm. and that's not an inactive thing. Um, yet it ha- we have to continue to know Scripture talks about knowing the God of Scripture. And so um, knowing things is not mm. a bad thing yeah. by any means. We should know good thing. what mm. we know it's a very and good continue thing. to grow in what we know. Um, but just like you said, Trev, that shouldn't leave us untransformed. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I don't want to keep you guys for too much longer. I feel like I'm kind of milking this podcast a little bit because I kind of <laughs> lured you here under false pretenses of, oh, I'll just be an arm, we'll just have a like conversation you know but um, oh, I, it's yeah. oh, this is the conversations we, we like this to, is yeah. what we do yeah. our show's called the substance <laughs> yeah absolutely so I, I you know i really appreciate you guys you know joining me and i think that there's you know a lot more that we can discuss if we you know cl- collaborate again you know further down the line you know we can definitely there's there's so many more things we can just jump into but um yeah like i said i really appreciate you guys you know joining me for this and i think it'll be good for my listeners to learn more about you guys because you know, even if they disagree with you on some things, like I want people to be able to to hear you talking through it in a, you know, a well researched and thorough way. And you guys, like that's one of the hallmarks of of your shows that I've listened to. That everything is, you know, even the one on um, 
cancel culture. It was so well thought out and planned out. And I think that's something that's really valuable in terms of it's not just kind of idle words and, and light chit chat. You guys have put some thought into what you're saying, you know. So um, that's, I think, you know, for anyone listening to this show, uh, you should definitely check out um, the Substance podcast. Where can you guys be found? You know, you're on Spotify and things like that. Yeah, we're on all major platforms. I mean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, pretty much any podcatcher that. Yep. And we're on all the major ones, ton of little ones. We're on that Amazon new one, too, if people use that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, take a listen all the time. Our, Appreciate our it. email and our voicemail is wide open. Yeah. We want to hear people who agree and disagree with mm, us. And if you think yeah, they're older in danger, make that's sure you me. drop them an email because they really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So, um, yeah, thanks, guys. And um, just, yeah, so check out these guys' uh, Substance Podcast on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll put links in the description um, down below on YouTube just for anyone that's watching. But, um, yeah, I just want to thank you so much. And, um, yeah, really, really enjoy the conversation. So thanks for joining. Thanks, thanks for Josh. having us, Josh. Yeah. Thanks for Appreciate us, what you man. do, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks very much. So um thanks everyone for watching as well. Um thanks for joining and make sure if you enjoyed this, uh, subscribe to, or yeah, wherever I, that is on I'm, the screen. I'm really bad at this kind of stuff, the generic, you know, like, subscribe and drop a comments below. So um <laughs> but genuinely do if you enjoy this, uh, give us a like and make sure you put put a nice meaningful comment down below and engage with these guys. So and like I want to hear. If you like Josh's show, give him a five star rating because it really does help. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you enjoy this, not just this show, but other shows, if you're liking them all, please give us a subscribe because um, that's the quickest way to find our content. But um, these guys will be scouting out the comment section for anyone that has uh, any disagreements or agreements with their uh, what they said today. But um, yeah, if you if you enjoyed this, leave your thoughts below and on Instagram as well. But. And until next time, thanks again for watching, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week for another episode.